One, two, one, two, three, four. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this podcast, Arts with an S. I'm Reva, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jana Brody. Hi, welcome, everyone. She's also my mom. That was so dumb. (laughs) Reva, please don't tease your mom. I'm here with my daughter, Reva, to bring you a podcast about arts across the arts world. S stands for everything from visual arts, performing arts, media arts. S also stands for stories, which we hope to bring to you today. Inspirational stories from people from all walks of life. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our very first episode where we don't interview someone that is ourselves. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> All right. Um, today, we had the most amazing chat with Mitchell Kriegman. Um, my mom met him at a work Christmas party a very long time ago, and um, he is so fantastic. He is a television writer, director, producer, actor. He created Bear in the Big Blue House, as well as Clarissa Explains It All, starring Melissa Joan Hart, which is just a few things that he has done on his amazing, incredibly impressive resume, um, where he works on uh, comedy shows, he's worked on SNL, puppet shows, and he's even patented a new design called Shadowmation, which combines virtual environments with puppets and animatronics. He is so cool. And I hope you enjoy this chat with him, Mitchell Kriegman. Hi. I've had a, hi, so nice to meet you. You look great. It's like not 8.30 for you, so. <laughs> it's only 4.30. Okay, nice. so you've had your whole day ahead of you. That's yes, great. <laughs> I start. But we met before. You don't remember? You met I, my son. I'm not sure if you met I my daughter. Oh, yeah, I met her too. I met her. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I, I remember only hearing great things from my brother. He was like, we met the guy who did Bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> <laughs> he was cool. I liked him. That's people. so cool. I mean, what a, I mean, what a small world. Um. And my mom said she worked with you um, with the Puppet Palooza in um, yeah, like- But also at, uh, yeah, at uh, up there, whatever it's called again, I forgot already. Yeah, Santa Barbara, you forgot about us already? <laughs> yeah, I know, what the, what's the name of the foundation? With, with, uh... Oh, the, the former Squire Foundation. Oh, anyway, I like I was thinking, it was the last time, we met around this time, seven years ago at that Squire you know, Foundation Christmas party. Christmas, mean, party. Yeah. Christmas party, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. fun. That was that long time ago. No, and I, I, your brother was spread out (laughs) there, and and I asked him if I could sit nearby or something like that. I think that's what I did. I said there there was a chair and there was an ottoman or something. I thought, oh, do you mind if I sit here? And he's like, I don't know. I said some other wise kind of thing, and he was really funny, and we had a good time. I know you shared you shared a large armchair. He was thirteen. He was thirteen, <laughs> right? And so you plopped down next to him, and you guys chatted. And he was like, "Like, wait, what? You did the what?" Because <laughs> my kids are just right that age, you know. And when we watched that together, and they all learned to go potty from your show. <laughs> oh well, that is that. I I don't want to say it isn't remarkable, but there are a lot of people that learn how to potty from my show. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really special. I mean, oh, um, I, I was in a restaurant where I knew the owner and a bunch of waitresses were around and the owner had just had, uh, she had had a baby 
No, she had had a baby, but she was trying to potty train the kid. So I brought in a copy of that. So I keep <laughs> copies of gift to people because it's Aww. like funny. Yeah. And so when I did, all the waitresses get, wait, I'm going to put you guys on top. How do I do it? I'm going to it up there. So, Gallery oh, view, maybe? Yeah, it's always, I'm looking over here wondering. No, we're not <laughs> looking so good at 8.30 in the morning, so no worries. So, uh, <laughs> no, so I, I show, I, I give it to the owner and all these uh, waitresses go, oh, that's how I learned to, and then they stopped. <laughs> they were Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, I'm sure a lot of parents were very, very happy for that particular episode. <laughs> Yeah, my um, boyfriend's little brother or older brother still watches it. And he was like, that show, like, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't, it's not just a kid's show. It's kind of got other stuff going on it that people like. Well, yeah, that's the best thing. I mean, I love kids show and I love Disney and I love like, I love that kind of media and like, I'm a theater major. And so I want to work like, I would love to do a show like Matilda or like, you know, um, for children that's, but it's just a little bit uh, also for adults. Um, Yeah, you've got to do it with a little bit of other levels to it so that the parents will watch it with them. Yeah. And also- so that when they get older, they think about it and go, oh, wait a second, you know? <laughs> exactly. No- but I guess I was just wondering, like, was there a reason why you wanted to do children's media or did you just like kind of fall into it? Well, let's see. What is the answer to that question? I was, all right, so here's the deal about me. My adult stuff is very childlike and mm. my kid stuff is a very, very adult-like. Good answer. So it was only a matter of time that one or the other would win Mm. because I was working in New York City. I was working on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's awesome. All these, you know, art and late night kind of shows. And I was doing these very kind of somewhat Andy Coffin-like, honestly, kind of this sort of childlike stuff, right? And then, let me turn this off. I thought it was me. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I'm going to turn the sound off on this. And then um, I uh, had the chance to do a pilot at Nickelodeon. They had never done a, um, they'd never done a, a, a original show. They'd only like recycled stuff and everything. And so I came up with Clarissa for that. Mm, yes, with Melissa and Joan Hart. Yeah, and so Clarissa took off, you know, but I had I was still doing performance art. I was still doing screenplays for adults and stuff. So I, and I'm still doing now. I'm doing, you know, stuff for adults and teenagers and little kids and and everything. And uh, so, but I will say that no doubt. I mean, it just it took off in the kids area because it was the right time for that. You know. Yeah. No, that's great. And again, like. I think that like kids media will always be thriving because kids want to consume, you know? Um, right. And especially now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. new for them. It's new. Well, I appreciated the, um, I appreciate, appreciated the puppeteering. I mean, it's not, it doesn't need to be animated. It doesn't need to be all live. And yeah. so that was super fun. And even today in UCLA, Reva's studying puppeteering. So it's, it's oh, an wow. ongoing. It's Who are you studying art. puppeteering with? Do you know Perry Daniel? That sounds really familiar. She's amazing. And she actually um, coached us on, um, we did a production of The Long Christmas Ride Home 
by Paula Vogel, which features elements of like Bunraku. Um, and I know that that's like a big thing that you um, like studied for your like patent and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Bunraku is amazing. So we studied it only for 10 weeks, but um, it was fantastic. And so you studied Bunraku for 10 weeks? Um, yeah, so we were doing a play that like kind of commented on Bunraku. So the point was we were supposed to do like an Americanized version of Bunraku. We oh. weren't supposed to do it um, traditionally because obviously we can never do it traditionally because we're American. <laughs> um, but, um, you yeah, know, but um, we had to obviously study the basics before we like. Um, and what kind of puppetry did she do? Before? She does all kinds. Um, she teaches a puppetry class. Um, and I think she's like involved with like some puppetry companies in LA. She's amazing. Um, Wait, was oh, the Boon Raku the style that you that you had the three people on one puppet? Was that the Boon Raku style? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. So for those yeah. folks listening in, yeah, it was amazing to watch. Just you know, three actors with one puppet crawling across the stage was fabulous. And my secret um, kind of, I guess, guilty pleasure is I really would rather watch the people than the puppets. Yeah. Mm. I'm with you. I had to watch my daughter. I'm like, whoa, wait, which one is she? First of all, I couldn't tell because she was wearing all black. <laughs> I think puppetry is awesome. And like, it's so cool that like, um, like you specifically are like, work, you, oh, you worked, you did it. Um, and like made a way to combine like modern technology with like the old classics and that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it was fun. It was fun to do and to develop it. It was like the oldest technique and the newest technique. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it, it was obviously successful because you got to work with Disney and that's, I yeah. mean, that's so cool. You got to check off crazy all these business. like- It's never it's never that joyous. I, have to say. I know. It's so but it is cool. No, it totally is cool. And and uh, you know it's cutthroat and cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah. sure. But here we are. My daughter's twenty-one. Here we are, all these years later, and she has vivid memories of oh, uh, no. being a, a, you the know, of the show. It's true on Bear. It's true on Clarissa. And Clarissa, in a funny way, is exploding a certain way right now. But but Bear and Clarissa, so many people remember it not just as a show. Yeah. But is their childhood or something ah. that really mattered to them that belonged to them and and they when I see them they're so thrilled and <laughs> happy and and it's just not anything you get paid for you know what I mean it's not Beautiful. a payment it's like just something you can get to feel good about you know so I love it yeah that's so that's so special and like oh my gosh I'm just so excited that like we're able to talk to you and like just hear a little bit about like what's going on in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, I mean, you're awesome. I think you want to know. I think you want to know. It's not no. that deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of really amazing things like came from your brain. So <laughs> well, I do have to say she was reading your bio and she's like, wait, wait, he's got more than one Emmy. <laughs> one yeah. Emmy would have been impressive, but more okay. than one. She was like, right. woohoo. No. Yeah. High five to you, Mitchell. Yeah. No, you're I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just saying you're amazing. <laughs> oh, I just, yes, go you know, ahead. I just did a, I just did a, uh, you know, the UCSB acquired my archive. Hmm. Um, I should have sent it to you before this, but anyway, but um, I'll send it to you. The, and so I did a uh, lecture about my career with them, oh. for them on Zoom. And they had like a hundred people, which was pretty amazing. And, um, and it was for me, 
torturous to get ready for because it felt like I was, my career was over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not. And it's not at all. And I don't like that. So I really, I was like, I don't want to do this. And well, that was just archiving also, a segment of your work. You know, no, archive- they, took, they took everything. Because I started out as a performance artist and video artist and really kind of on the, you know, avant-garde, they call it in those days. And and then it goes through puppetry and animation and sitcoms and, and you know, music and radio and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And which is important to me. Anyway, bottom line is that it was a milestone for me yeah. that they acquired it. It was a milestone to give this lecture because it was the first time I, and why it was so torturous, but I was the first time I put the whole thing together. Mm. Because even though it seems at first like, well, what do you, you know, it used to be my resume. I used to hand in my <laughs> resume somewhere and there were so many different things on it. And I wasn't famous. I mean, these were just like, you know, there was a time where these shows were not that big a deal. Anyway, and I'd hand in, they'd say, well, listen, why don't you come back when you figure out what you really want to do? Because you you do so many things, why don't you decide which one you really, you should really focus on one. I recently learned the term, confused buyers don't buy. So you have to be specific. Confused Confused confused. consumers don't buy. Yes, which is- You have to be specific. You have to say, here's my expertise, and then they want you. Yes, but in my case, that's not how I exist. Artists don't exist that way. No, and a lot of people now more and more have to do more and more different things. Mm-hmm. You know, so. it's not just one thing. It was There was a day where you could do one thing and be successful in it forever. Now you have to keep changing and evolving and stuff. Anyway, this lecture was really, ended up being really good. It was the first time I saw the pieces come together and, mm-hmm. and it felt great. You know. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's amazing. And I know, of course, you're like, uh, I'm still going. <laughs> this isn't ended yet. <laughs> oh, no, it was a big deal to me because it felt almost like, well, the thing I, what I what I realized when I was preparing for it, the thing I like most, all right, so I just have to tell you, I have a potato barn in Wainscott, New York. And okay. in this potato barn that used to store potatoes, now stores all the remem- the puppets, the- Are you sure you want to announce that on the air? <laughs> Everything that I've ever done is, that's still left, that's not at UCSB is still in the barn. And, and I hate going in the barn <laughs> because when I go in, I see all the things that went well, but I don't care about anymore and things that I really care about that didn't go. I, I see all this stuff. And if I'm in there very long, I get afraid I'll never get out. Oh, it's your legacy. I, I just get more and more, ah, I don't know. And so, <laughs> so the, 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 what is the point of that? The point is that, There's uh, more to oh, you. so what was most interesting to me were the failures, actually. That's, oh. the, that's what really, um, and I want them to do an exhibition of the things that never happened. Ooh. because those are the most interesting things to me the one the shows that never happened and, that's uh, really cool yeah so it was interesting so you have like these puppets that are like just they never got their home they're just like it's sad where do i that. live <laughs> it's so sad when you say it that way <laughs> well you know they are they're forever in limbo forever. all right well there's a one woman show for reva we can revive the um the, um, the 
animate the unanimated puppets. The lost, yeah. The animate them. You can reanimate them. The last doll show. Yeah. The <laughs> did yeah. you um like construct the puppets yourself or did you like um work with uh, like a company? No, yeah. I have none of those talents whatsoever. I just exploit people who <laughs> puppets. So I, I mean hire that's the wrong word. <laughs> oh, you right, uplift right. their careers. I, mean, I pay them. I just no, I mean I've worked with some amazing puppet builders uh, and designers and lots of different people do stuff well, I kind of I'm kind of guy that I'm a writer for sure and I'm a director and producer but I'm the guy who comes up with an idea and sticks with it until it happens that's sort of beautiful my no, that's amazing. That's, that's the kind of person I wanted. The, the visionary is what you are. <laughs> well, persistence, I'll tell you the most important thing. I think it's more important than talent, inspiration, or, connect, or anything is, is persistence. Beautiful. It's just to be the person who says, I'm not going to quit. I never give up. That's me. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Well, you're going to succeed. Thank you. I'm like, I'll bug you till the cows come home. Definitely. <laughs> no problem. Not a problem. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. though. I mean, I remember you introducing me to some of those amazing people. You know, I uh, I told Revo, we, I met the guy that was like one of the original characters on Avenue Q. He was an yeah. actor slash puppeteer. And I, I'm like, that was you? <laughs> he was was like, that yeah. a big guy? Was a really big guy? Yeah, Tyler? he was yeah. Tyler. I think that was his yeah, and Tyler then, played um, either Pip or Pop, probably Pip, and he was Trilo. He was, he was Doc Hogg. He was Doc Hogg too. <laughs> he, he's very much Doc Hogg. And <laughs> I, I now here's an example of something that never happened. So I designed a show for him mm. because Tyler, and these may be old references now, but uh, there was an old actor passed away named uh, Peter. Oh, tell me, I can't remember that. Peter, he was in Lawrence of Arabia, very famous English actor, flamboyant. Oh, sure. And then there was Robert Goulet, who you don't know either, but he was <laughs> this kind of cheesy singer, right? And, and Tyler had this shtick, because all the puppeteers in breaks are joking and doing weird shtick. Yeah. Weird, <laughs> I love it. Weirdest references like Lawrence of Arabia and Camelot, you know, together. And he would do this character that was, you know, both an Englishman, but also schmaltzy like Robert Goulet. And I designed a lion for him mm. that was like bear. Mm. And it was this enormous lion who was an old, old lion uh, who was very uh, petulant and very disdainful of everything, but somehow inside <laughs> kind of a little, the phrase people use is a shit stirrer. You know, someone who likes to mix yeah. things up, right? And, and we designed it. The puppet was going to be built by the same guy that designed Bear. It was an amazing puppet. And I had a show pilot at ABC. It was called um, Pride, uh, something Pride, like lions, whatever, something of the pride. Anyway, and, uh, but, you know, that it didn't happen. It would have been an amazing character for him. Does the puppet... Yeah, it was going to be a puppet. It was like Alf with a lion. <laughs> and uh, obviously, more to it. But anyway, so Tyler is that guy. And and what else did he do for me? He did, uh, 
he did one of the he did a bunch of characters on Big Big World. He did he was in Winnie the Pooh. He was in everything I did. Tyler. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love great. yeah. I love that like, you know, you realize it more and more that people have their people, you know, their people they they bring with them and they they raise them up and they're like, We love you. We're gonna support you and be in all our shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you build a trust and loyalty and uh, an artistic camaraderie, I believe. Yeah. And probably the puppets too. It's so intimate. Until the deal making comes in, and then everybody turns <laughs> on each other. No, don't tell him. He's like, I'm telling you the truth. I have to add a little bit of reality to all this. I can't. I know. I know the all. the world of puppets is so whimsical that I'm like, oh, there's bad parts. Dude. Oh, you don't realize how dysfunctional <laughs> is. Yeah. Oh, I suffer from PTPT, which Pup is post traumatic <laughs> puppet trauma. Well, I know we had a little trauma in Papa Palooza on top, oh, of the, on top of the firestorms and the, uh, and the yeah. mudslides. And the mudslides. And the, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. But the people yeah. were beautiful. The people that I yeah. met were oh, they so were, amazing. They were amazing. And, and I wish it had been more successful and not at that moment. You know, we really- yeah. Who knows like, why these things happen? It was gonna be great. And, and we had so many things to offer, um, but you know, what could you do? I mean, I did yeah. the best I could. No, it was beautiful. It was it was truly an amazing thing. And, and it truly was international. The, the thingamajig guys from England were cool. I yeah. mean, such creativity that that came out, you know, anyway. Well, I, you know, I, I, did. I have no appreciation did. for fun. Just to Im immortalize it, I guess, Im or immemorize, I don't know how you say it now. Uh, I donated all the materials from the puppet palooza to the uh, historical society. Oh, fabulous. And including the uh, John Palminteri puppet. Oh, <laughs> so you're talking coolest. about this, yeah, the Santa Barbara Historical Society. Oh, excellent yeah. to know, that's great. Yeah, they were very nice to take it all. I, I did all that along, you know, when I was doing everything else, you know. Yeah. That John Palminteri puppet Incredible, incredible local yes. Santa Barbara celebrity, John Palminteri. <laughs> Live, this is John Palminteri. <laughs> no, that's amazing though. And I just, I don't know, I love puppets. And I think it's so awesome that like, especially now, like during quarantine, like puppets are still puppeting, you know? Puppets don't need a social distance or puppets. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I haven't run into any puppets lately, so I don't know. <laughs> Are there puppets in Portugal? What, what are you doing I'm down sure there? I'm sure there are puppets. There were puppets in Santa Luzia. It was really cool. There was this Quinta, um, Quinta Organica, uh, an organic mm -hmm. farm that I would ride my bike to in Santa Luzia. Santa Luzia is a little fishing village way down at the end of Portugal near Spain on the ocean. And, um, and I would go to this um, really, there's so many ruins in Portugal. It's really this thing that you have to get your head around. There's a lot of buildings that are just sort of neglected and sort of hanging there. And some of them take on a certain kind of magic. Some of them are just like, oh, whatever, wish they would tear it down. But uh, <laughs> and some of them are really, really old. So at this organic farm, um, there was this barn. And I don't know, I guess I was talking to the woman, Isabel, who runs it. And she found out what I did and she said, oh, you know, we have some puppets in the barn. And I went into the barn and there was a whole stage 
And these certain kinds of puppets, I think they're called Sicilian puppets. They're pretty big. Um, it was really neat, you know. Wow, what a find. Um, and it was, they were all just sort of in the corner getting dusty, you know. Well, I'm glad to hear you rode your bike because I, when I pictured you here in Santa Barbara, I pictured you riding your bike, so great. Oh, I'm still riding my bike. I literally <laughs> just came from the ocean riding my bike. I, ride nice. every, I don't have a car. I, I know, I love bike. that. That's awesome. I mean, I guess a bike is kind of a puppet in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it is for nice. Your feet. It's for a your feet. feet. There you go. That's that's a new invention where you like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, next patent. Quick, get on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you up to in Portugal? Are you just um are you there like permanently? Are you are you Yeah, I escaped. I'm I jealous. Escaped. <laughs> yeah, I escaped. It wasn't easy. It was like I imagine you riding. Yeah, I had to. I had to sneak away, and I got here. I, I, and I plan to stay pretty much. I mean, you know, the world will change again, and maybe we'll see. But for now, I'm really happy here. I mean, I was getting kind of bored. Boredom is really like suicidal for me. I just can't stand it, and I like not knowing what's down that street. And I like trying to understand people whose language I don't know. <laughs> I like, uh, and then this is, it's kind of a, a funny place in the sense that it's very low key, but it's got a lot of mystery in it and a lot of interesting things in it. And it's almost all oceans and rivers. And uh, so it's cool. I love it. Yeah. So are you, are you finding time to write? Is that your passion oh. now? Oh, I still write. I still write a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I, I do. always write. I kind of can't exist without writing. The thing is so weird because I was ready to sort of assume I wouldn't be working as much. You know, I just didn't know. Um, but you know, obviously COVID and with everything else, it doesn't matter where you are, period. Yeah. You know, for work. And, and it's turned out that I'm doing probably neck close to as much as I've ever done work-wise. I mean, I have a show, at least one show in Australia I'm working on. I have two shows in LA I'm working on. Uh, I have screenplays. I have all sorts of wacky things. I'm going to start my own kind of public kind of magazine of the future, I call it. Ooh. Reality and some other things in it. And uh, so I'm, you know, I got, the thing that drags me down is I actually have to do my, bookkeeping and, and I have to get my insurance and I have to like make sure I get my visa, you know, this or that. And, you know, that's what slows me down. You might be able to get a virtual, a virtual assistant. I kind of have a virtual assistant. Okay, I have good. Because that I you don't need a local Portugal person. You can do it. At all. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do anything. I have an intern from UCSB that's working. Oh. Yeah. You need anyone from UCLA? I know someone. Oh. <laughs> I know. Talk. I'm like, this guy's the coolest guy I've ever <laughs> talked to. Um, it's, it's out. That's amazing. And I, what are I again, you writing? are you creating a one woman show? I recently uh, performed in a one woman show, um, but it was already written. Um, so okay. right now I'm trying to dive into that writing world. Uh, and I just wrote a 15 page play about teeth. <laughs> about what? Teeth. Keats. Teeth. Oh, teeth. 
Yeah. Uh, tease, a tease. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's my wow. next play. <laughs> so the teeth, there's a, a molar starring as a starring role as a molar. And uh, a molar and a, and a pre-canine. <laughs> pre okay, well, the secret's out because you did send it to me and you said, can you figure out who these characters are? And at the moment, I didn't figure it out. It wasn't that obvious. But now the dark munching in the nighttime noises now i get <laughs> and there was a guard and there was a protector interesting <laughs> i'm go. definitely trying to dive into that writing world and i guess cool. i just that we have now that we have you here like what's your advice for like writing and creation and especially like since you do a lot of like episodic um like things how do you make sure there's a through line through all of that well, the first thing you got to do if you want to be a writer is you just have to write all the time. I mean, not all the time. Even if you write just, you just have to write every day. Like, like you have to use the best, whatever the most creative moment in your day is, you know, if you're a morning person, night person, whatever, you got to make sure when you are best equipped like that, if you don't have to work, you know, in a job somewhere that you, um, and, what, and then the second best if you have to work, but you just have to, um, make sure as a routine, even if it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, you sit down and try to do something. And then mm -hmm. you have to congratulate yourself for doing it. <laughs> nice. And you have to say, what a good job you did. And you have to say it was a victory, even if you didn't get very much done. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. I'm actually um, just starting the world. I want to write a memoir, um, yeah. a, a story about my mom. And that was the advice I got is just, you know, sit down for 20 minutes, see how many words you can write, times it by three, know how many you can write in an hour, and then block it out. And I found the morning time, my mind wakes up racing. Right. And I, I recently just been dictating it into a phone because, sure. um, but I'm going to graduate to sitting at the computer. But <laughs> like you said, you need to do it every day. And I, I really need to work on that because as a beginner, my habit is not well, even if it's not, that's why I say, even if it's a little bit every day, okay. it doesn't have to be massive. I mean, I, I also put a timer on mm. and I, because it's easier to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to give this a half hour nice. and I'm going to forget about the time, everything else. I'm going to spend a half hour when my alarm goes off, my phone goes off. I'll say, okay, I did a half hour. Now, the, tr the funny thing is it happens a lot of times. It, once you do that, think about what that really does. That means that you're no longer thinking about the time. You got somebody, like let's say you have to be at work at a, at a certain amount of time or you have whatever, you have other things to do. But if you give yourself you know, whatever time you can and you make it a, an alarm, then you stop thinking about that part of the problem, right? Yeah. Are you spending enough time or whatever? It doesn't matter. You're gonna do just a half hour, right? Okay. So you start writing and a lot of times, it's like, oh, it's the alarm is on. I don't, maybe I can do another half hour. Ah. So, because all you need to do is trick yourself into opening up and not worrying and concentrating. So anything that makes it simpler and less about all the other things you have to do to, all the hard stuff about writing is making yourself do it. And, mm you know, doing all the things so that you can do it and making sure you pay all your bills like I'm worried about, you know, it's, you know, it's so much, once you can get some of that stuff out of the way and then you time it, you can really be very creative, you know, everybody can.
great advice. Thank you. I want to set my time. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, no, I do that too. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I want to keep writing, but I need to yeah. stop. But I, yeah, exactly. Once you get in the world, I think that it's. That's what it is. It's just, you have to get in the world, you know? And then over time you get like, like I am in the sense that I'd rather be in that world than in the real world. Nice. <laughs> Big time. And it feels like you've got the four corners of a place that's satisfying and pleasant versus everything in the world. But uh, even if you're writing a tragedy, it doesn't matter, but it's a creative world, you know? Absolutely. And it sounds like, I mean, your mind is just like filled of creative worlds. I'm like, let me in, let me in. I want to steal some ideas. No, all you got to do, I guarantee you, okay, I'll give you two pieces of advice about ideas. Actually, yeah, I guess two. So one is keep a notebook. Mm -hmm. You just have, even if it's a little tiny notebook, and then when you see something like I saw something, um, maybe I saw two people arguing or I heard something or I saw, you know, somebody doing something funny and odd, you know, or I was looking out and I saw people in a bus station. It seemed so poignant or something. I, I write it down. And then you have over time, you can go back and look at it occasionally. You go, oh, that was an idea. And sometimes there are ideas like an idea about Maybe it's a show or a scene or something like that. So um, one is one is to keep a notebook. Okay. The second thing is watch your mistakes. Your mistakes are really great ideas. So, That's so interesting you said that because as a visual artist, I tell people that every day. You're you're you when you're creating a painting and you make a wrong brush stroke, turn it into a, a plus. So I love that, Mitchell. No, it's true. And even when you're writing and you a, a word comes to your mind that doesn't seem right, a lot of times I'll put it in and see how it goes and see maybe I'll get something out of it. You're it's your unconscious, right? So, hmm. but also like, and a lot of my humor and a lot of what I do is based on my mistakes. Hmm. Beautiful. I, because I, I make a lot of them. I'm kind of clueless. And then I find something funny about them or I find something interesting or what if things were really that way, you know? And so, I have uh, a quote to share with you. My favorite quote of all time that I live my life as a visual artist is, it is the nature of all greatness not to be exact. Ah. So that's you. Your I guess so. I'm pretty exact. <laughs> our, our created greatness comes from, you know, flubs and bloopers and making mistakes yes, and, I, and wrong yeah. brush strokes. Yeah, I yeah. really think people get stuck in that perfection mode and it doesn't serve creative people. Well, at all. perfection shuts you down. Correct. Mm. For sure. And then the other thing, I have another thing about, um, I want to do a big course online or Zoom or somewhere um, on surviving uh, for creative people, a, a guidebook for creative survival. Ah. Um, I, I have these rules called... Um, 10 rules for people who hate rules. <laughs> uh, and That's there is marketable. of rules and things that people that are creative and unconventional need to have so they survive and preserve their uniqueness and not get beaten down, you know, in, in everything. And one of them is about when people talk about having writer's block. One of them I'll tell you also, before I get to that one, is that inspiration is overrated. Mm. That everybody's like, oh, I have to be inspired. I didn't have an inspiration. I don't have an idea for that. And it's like, uh, you know, it's not 
just start and you'll you'll find those things that you want to find and so that's one thing but anyway so i also think when people say they're blocked it's because they're thinking of the perfect thing mm -hmm. rather than starting and doing what they can do and i contend that there's a better version of war and peace than tolstoy wrote that he had a better idea for what that like he never did the idea as well as he thought he could because that's just the nature of it you know mm -hmm. that he and when you let and what happens is what writer's block is is when you let that thought about what you could do interfere with what you can do beautiful that's and great that's what i think happens to a lot of people yeah i want to read that book it happens to me too. <laughs> that's no amazing that yeah. no that sounds super cool and i definitely think a lot of people could benefit from like you know learning that mistakes are okay i mean that's 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 okay you're allowed to fail and you're allowed to you know have some puppets that maybe never see the light of day but that's okay <laughs> they just go to the land they just go to the land of lost puppets that's all <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting they're waiting for me to come out and save them <laughs> i love that it's true bring but, it to life but this has been so amazing chatting with you and you're oh, just the coolest person I've ever <laughs> talked to. <laughs> no, and I love, I love hearing that like there are people out there like me that are like, I'm not, I'm more than just one thing. I'm a director, I'm an actor, I'm a, right. I'm a writer, I'm everything. And I don't have to be like in one box, I could do everything. And you know, um, the more things I can have by my name, the better, like. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what happens, what'll happen, what'll happen is that some things you'll actually get paid for. And <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. No, some things you'll actually get paid for and you'll end up doing more of those things because you need to get paid. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't do these other things at certain points. And then sometimes you get paid for a while doing something and then they don't want to pay you for that anymore and you have to go back to something else. So, you know, right. it's, but um, I always think people should do the, something to get paid because they need to get paid, but then always <laughs> doing something original of their own. Regardless. Absolutely. Especially actors and performers because they get stuck in a very kind of hopeless world where if somebody doesn't give them a chance, they don't get to do anything. And you've got to be, in these days, you can really do something whether anybody gives you a chance or not, the hell with everybody. Yeah, you, know? you got your phone, you can make a video. I, uh, I make sock puppets, you know, like you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, we really appreciate you taking the time sure, to talk no, with us. No. And, you know, I know the scheduling was maybe a little bit confusing, but um, I, we figured it all out. Um, no at all, I'm far away, that's all. <laughs> I yelled about reaching out to people. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about COVID is we're meeting, in, we're meeting you in Portugal. When would that happen? So thank yeah. you again for taking the time. And oh, I you love are, it. You know, these stories are totally inspirational and that's what we're hoping for. You're our very first guest on Arts with Oh, Beth. the first so, guest. First, yeah. well, we interviewed ourselves first, but you're oh, yeah, the Wait, then I have to ask, and since I'm the first and nobody really knows, like, what is arts with an S? Well, that was my idea because uh, being, you know, a person who loves all the arts across the spectrum visual arts, performing arts, you know, media arts, puppetry, writing, it, arts, art, people think of art as paint. Art is an art on oh, the wall. I see. And I want it to be arts. And the S also stands for stories. Um, because arts comes with stories. 
Um, and that's what we're here to do, just to hear everyone's stories and yeah, hopefully um, all the inspiration that we are like hearing and accumulating will like be spread out into the world so that everyone there you can. Go. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. Yay. Well, thanks for being our very first guest. And um, sure. I'm flattered. I'm completely flattered. <laughs> people can find you at your Instagram, which is just Mitchell Kriegman, right? Yeah. My wacky and then Instagram. your website that is just MitchellKriegman.com. Yeah, I think the website is, I don't know what's on there, but Instagram, <laughs> I do a lot of stuff on. I'm going to follow you right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't treat Instagram. It's not very personal. I have to say That's it's okay. very, it's very, it's like a sketchbook or a notebook or stuff like that. So that's, I know, that's I, great. And then, you know, anyways, to see pictures of Portugal, I'm very happy. <laughs> well, there are a few. I didn't tell anybody by the way, but you're, this is the first time I've overtly mentioned it publicly. So there you go for your first show. All right. We got we some juicy gossip. We know where to find Mitchell Krigman and we know where to find his puppy. There you go. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for everything. Thanks, Mitchell. We'll be in touch. Love Thank you. you for everything. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you were inspired and you want to get creative and express yourself through art, visit Paint Jam USA for visual arts experiences and revabrody.com to learn more about her theater artistry. Bye, Mom. Bye, Reeve.